2: Would you believe it?
0: This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And
3: we are back live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Hour number two of the show. Going into break, I said hour number three. I am so hungry for a third hour of this show. (laughs) I keep trying to Jack Vinny for an hour of his show. And that's just not right. That's just very selfish of me. I just can't help myself. The show goes by so fast, and we get so much great feedback, so much to talk about. I could do three, four hours a day, and it'd be great. Now, I better not tell some people that because they might find a way to make that happen. But I would love to do a little bit extra time here on the station because, man, this is a whole lot of fun, uh, especially interacting with uh, Raider Nation on the daily so I uh, have a couple questions that I've thrown out there uh, talking about who the most important player or what the most important unit's going to be for the Raiders in their very first game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens Monday night at Allegiant Stadium got a uh, got that thrown out there been getting a lot of feedback on that Mike Mayock the GM he met with the media earlier today and uh, let it, and just I mean it's it's just good when Mike Mayock talks and I think that it was. Uh, it came to the we came to the conclusion in the media session that that was the first time he had talked since since the uh, since the draft. You know, since he did the post the post draft uh, conversation. I saw him at Darren Waller's event that he had uh, when he had a, a bunch of youth and they were out there. They were out there at a football camp, and I was able to talk to him for just a couple minutes. But that was really more just about the camp, not really about the about the team because that's that's what was really the focus. But Uh yeah man, it's always great to hear when Mike Mayock talks. And so we're gonna get when we get into cover three, we're gonna actually have uh, a few of his sound bites, a few more of his sound bites from earlier today's media session. I did want to remind everyone, since we're talking about that Monday night football game, September thirteenth, and of course it's a Raiders home game. That all Raider home games, all home games attended by folks that are age twelve and over. Everyone must provide proof of vaccination. I know that's something that the owner, Mark Davis, has said. you got to get the Clear app. You've got to get the Clear app. And I'm just telling you and reminding you, just so you're prepared. It's really easy to get the Clear app on your phone. I did it just the other night. And, I mean, when it says it takes five minutes to put all your information in, it does. It literally takes five minutes to put all your information in. So just want to make sure that you know. Just go to your app store and just get the Clear app. Uh, It's very easy uh, and then all your information is right there. If you need more information on it, go to com and you can get all the full details. But you've got to have the clear app. That's how there's uh, there was actually a guy in the media session one time, um, not on our media session. But when they were talking about the, the clear app and, and what they had to do, somebody actually asked and I don't know who it was. So I apologize. But someone asked, uh, how can you. How can you, uh, you know, like fake it, or, or is there a way to? Is there a way to go around it? Like <laughs> trying to come up with the the, the way to, to to almost have a bootleg vaccination card instead of? I'm sure of... he
2: was just asking for a friend,
3: right? Exactly, yeah. I'm just asking for a friend. But what exactly would you have to do to be able to do that? And they're like, you can't. It's a clear app. I mean, you, that's why they're using the app. It's not like you're looking at uh, a card or anything like that. You're looking at the app, and and it, it's just no way that you can bootleg it. So just go do it. If you're preparing yourself to head to Vegas for that game, just know you've got to use the clear app. So I just, I want to pass that along. I want to continue to pass that along just to anyone. So there's no holdup or there's no, wait a minute. I didn't know. I didn't know that that's what I needed to get into the game. Yes, that is exactly what you need to do to get into the game. And of course, I'll remind you about that uh, a little bit later as well. But right now we're going to jump into cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We're going to hear from Mike Mayock as he had his media session earlier today.
0: It's time for Q's Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
3: And so here we go. As mentioned, just going to talk about Mike Mayock and hear what he had to say earlier today. Uh, had a really good media session, very lengthy. He, he he goes in great detail in all his answers, or most of his answers are, are pretty far detailed and, and, and really worded uh, correctly. So uh, let's go ahead and play just a couple of them right here for Cover 3 today, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And uh, one of them, we've talked about Cleve Farrell a couple times so far uh, throughout the course of the show, how important he's going to be for that Monday night football game. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor asked. Asked him straight up, you know, hey, how's Klee taking the fact that he's, you know, running with the second team right now? Uh, What's that communication been like with Klee Furl moving down the depth chart?
1: I I think the thinking behind all of it, and I'm not necessarily about Klee, is that what Rod wants to get to um, is a fluid wave. wave, And, you know, you look at, pick a team, Philadelphia a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, they had a wave. They had eight guys that just rolled. And that's what Rod's trying to do.
3: And so that's a good explanation. I love the fact that he brought in Philadelphia because everyone who saw the Eagles go on that Super Bowl run and they were wearing the underdog hats. remember they were wearing the mask, the, the, the dog mask, and none of those guys, I'm sure everyone wants to start. I'm sure everyone wants to be a starter. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be on a team and I'm not a starter, but sometimes we, we're, you know we're, we're not that role. We don't play that role, so we have to play the backup role, but when our number's called, we've got to be ready. And so that was a great example of the Eagles. Because those guys just rotated in, they were hungry, and when they they were out there on the field, they were getting after the quarterback. And the Eagles' defense, and I'm not breaking any news here, that Eagles' defense is what won them that Super Bowl. Yeah, Nick Foles made some nice plays. Uh, there were some good things that happened in that, that uh, game offensively for the Eagles, but that defense, that wave on that defensive line that, that Mike Mayock is talking about that you've heard Gus Bradley talk about multiple times, that is what they're talking about. So if you can continue to rotate guys in, keep guys fresh, I mentioned that before when I was talking about the 49ers and when they went on their Super Bowl run. Now, they lost to Kansas City, but what was special about that Raiders or that 49ers defensive line is they, they had waves. They had those guys they were able to rotate in, rotate in, rotate in, always have fresh guys out there. Later in the game, they were able to still get after the quarterback. Again, they ended up losing that Super Bowl, but that was what their, their plan was going into it. And so, uh, yeah, it doesn't make it better, You know, for Klee, who was a number four overall pick, and that's something that everyone's always going to hang on to, number four overall pick, and now he's running with the second team. No, that's not ideal. But right now, for 2021, at least to start the season, that's his role. So as a professional, he's got to take his role, he's got to accept it, and he's got to run with it. And every opportunity he gets to go out there and perform, he's got to make the best of it. That goes for a guy like Jonathan Abram. He's a guy who's been brought up a few times so far on the show. He's going to be important in that Baltimore game, potentially as a spy Against Lamar Jackson, a guy playing in the box, a guy playing that Cam Chancellor role, a guy who seems like he's matured, my words, not theirs, seems like he's matured, seems like he understands how big this season is. So Mike Mayock was asked, you know, how excited, how excited are they for Jonathan Abram this year?
1: Yeah, very excited. I, I, I w- probably watched every snap he had at Mississippi State his last two years. He was injured at the senior bowl. I got to meet him a little bit and get to know him a little bit. And really, the challenge for John is to stay consistent at a high level. Okay, He flashes occasionally, big hits. You see the energy he brings to the field. The key is to do that every snap, 60, 70 snaps a game over 17 weeks and then into the playoffs. And John knows that. I'm not saying anything that, that you know we haven't talked about. And I think that's his challenge is to show everybody that he is that guy for the duration of the
3: season. So there's Mike Mayock talking about Jonathan Abram, and I mean, it it doesn't get any more clear than that. It really doesn't. That is exactly what he's got to do, and he hasn't been able to do it yet in his career going into year three. Very important year. He knows that. You know, I mean, every time we talk about him, we don't have to always bring that up, and I know I'm guilty of that, but it's something that he's got to do. He's got to find a way to be out there, be healthy, and be effective. And like he said, the C word, be consistent. It's got to stay consistent. He's got you know some help back there now with Trayvon Merrick. He's going to be that guy that can be that Earl Thomas, that kind of a racer guy. But he's going to have to be the dude that plays a major role, and that major role is going to come from being able to to play up in the box where he's more comfortable and be very effective. So uh, I, I found that to be a, a nice com- comment there from Mike Mayock, just putting it out there on the line like this is what his challenge is, and he knows it, and he's accepting it, and he does. From everything I've seen, look like he's he's very much accepted his role and he's ready to go out there and perform. Got to stay healthy and got to stay consistent. That'll be the two biggest things right now. Uh we've been hearing from Mike Mayock, the Raiders GM. He had a media session earlier today. I think it kicked off about 12:30. JT the Brick played it in its entirety. We're just playing a few clips here for you for Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day. And how about the waiver wire? That's something that you know, every GM, every head coach, all these scouts, all these guys, they, they got teams going at it right now as there's a lot of guys that don't have jobs. And so uh, there's could be a guy that, you know, the Raiders scouted. There could be a guy that the Raiders brought in for a pre-draft visit. There's a whole lot of different things that go into this. And I asked him, you know, how is that process? What is it like combing through, sifting through the waiver wire? Yeah, I think you always do. Uh, but linebacker, you know,
1: you mentioned, you know, the D-line, we feel a little bit better. Uh, some of the young guys on the back end have played well, and then you get, you get punched in the gut a little bit with some injuries at, at linebacker. Uh, obviously, we feel pretty good about the trade we made with Carolina last week. Uh, not only, you know, sometimes coaches, I think, put a lot of emphasis on knowing a system, right? But not only does this kid know their system, he's been a good football player. So we we feel pretty good about bringing Denzel Perryman in and adding him to the group. Um, But when you lose Nick Morrow, when you lose Javen White, are we still open for business potentially? Yeah, we we are. Uh, The other position was what? Three tackles. Yeah, I mean, we have three tackles. Uh, Denzel has played guard tackle. Um, You know, we only carried eight. I would anticipate we would get to nine probably at some point in the near future. Um, I'd feel more comfortable with nine, to be honest with you. But we just thought there was a kind of a cutoff point after eight for qual- where we were. Um, so uh, the, what I really like about our three tackles is I think, um, I think Colton's had the best camp since he's been here. Um, I think Leatherwood is exactly what we thought he was. And uh, Parker's had his best camp. So he's a true swing tackle, which in this league carries a lot of value.
3: All right. Well, DeMon, that clearly was not about the waiver wire. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait because that clearly was not anything that I just talked about. Just saying. What was that clip? Was that, is he looking at cuts and linebacker at backup tackle?
2: Was that what that was? That was titled Looking at the Waiver Wire. That was not looking at the waiver wire at all. Yeah, I mean you set it up and I was like, I wasn't gonna stop it. You set it up, I'm like, I'm looking at what it's titled. I click and I'm listening and I'm like, I guess maybe if it's it fits a little bit. In my, no, it as it was going, I was I was trying to make it fit along to what it was grooving to what you were saying.
3: No, no, it wasn't at all. That was, I believe, is he looking at cuts at linebacker and backup tackle? That makes a lot more sense. So I'm not too sure what happened there. would have loved to hear the waiver wire comment and feedback from Mike Mayock. So I don't know how to even try to navigate through that if that is what was labeled that. So let's just move on. And I guess I didn't have to go through all that on the air. But I needed to make sure that I was saying and that people were listening and saying, what does that have to do with the waiver wire? I don't think that Q
2: know what he's talking about. So, we'll just move on. No, Thank no, 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 no. I found it. And uh this ain't to throw nobody under the bus, you know. We we all we all make mistakes around here. Something it it's um I ain't gonna throw nobody under the bus. The person that made the cuts didn't title it right, but hey, there we go. I got all what right, you. So, so <laughs> Chapman didn't do what he was supposed to do. Is what I you're saying? Say That's no okay. Names. I wasn't gonna say no names. I was just gonna let it be like, ah, you know. Well, well clearly it wasn't me. you. You you clearly wasn't letting it be known. You didn't mess it up. Yo, because I can't have people out right here thinking that I'm slacking.
3: Well, I can't either. I'm on the. I, I'm only <laughs> as good as you. <laughs> You're only as good as your
2: leadership, and I'm I'm not there. I'm not there. So, so (laughs) now that we got it established that it wasn't either of us, because like you said that now I'm looking and I'm scrambling. It's like I got what you. I got what you. My fault, OG. I got it. All
3: right. So now we're gonna run it back one more time. What is it like going through the waiver wire? I would tell you
1: that I think Dwayne Joseph, our director of pro, did a hell of a job coordinating the whole thing because it is. You're sifting through names. after So really most of the work gets done in the months before. And then we pull in our college scouting staff also to cross-check games in the preseason. So it's three games this year as opposed to four. But our entire pro staff and our entire college staff are either going to games or grinding tape on it and providing cross-checks. So basically we're walking into – uh, the last couple of days, having every player graded, uh, that has been every drafted and undrafted player that's been in the league the last three years, they're graded. Tr- excuse me, graded. Um, all the older players are in our system, so we we kind of. Uh, I sat down last night with all the scouts, kind of late, and we just kind of we went through the whole list of guys that were available, and we pulled out a group by position. Could they p- be potential claims, potential practice squad, or guys we want to track through the season? OK, and obviously we didn't claim anybody today, um, but uh, when we, we we're probably going to make some IR moves today and that may open up a, a roster spot or
3: two. I thought. This little nugget right there of what the process is really like, because think about this. Every team across the league, you're talking about 32 teams went from 80 to 53 for the most part. Now, of course, they added practice squad guys today. They added some IR guys today, so so a a lot of players were able to return to the team that they were originally released from. But there are so many players that are out there and available, and if you're a GM and a a head coach, you're trying to get the best 53. You're trying to get the best guys on your practice squad. You're trying to make sure that you have everyone that you need, to the best of your knowledge— as you prepare for an upcoming season, and so just to hear the process and the way that they did it, and the guys that are in charge, and what he had to do, I guarantee you, Mike Mayock, he probably left here super late last night and got here super early this morning. As they continue to to put this roster together, this is such a critical part of the year and part of the the the, the process of putting this team together. This you've got to get this right. It's this area you can't you know let guys slip by because you weren't you know you weren't sifting through the waiver wire correctly. You can't let them go, guys that could help you potentially, and then just, oh, well, we're just going to fill it out this way. You know, I mean, you've got to be all eyes on that waiver wire, and you've got to have the film. You've got to have the notes. I mean, it's, it's it's a complete team effort. There's not just one dude. That's taking care of the whole thing. Now, we got one more clip, and then we'll go to a call from Brian and Henderson. I do appreciate your call, Brian. Hold on one second. I wanted to uh, let you hear a clip from Mike Mayock talking about Trey Regis. And I believe Vinny asked this question, but I'm not 100% sure, about how concerned the team was with Trey Regis as they waived him. How confident were, they were that they were he was going to clear waivers and they were going to be able to put him back on the practice squad as they eventually did? But here's Mike Mayock talking about how concerned they were with Trey Regis being picked up by another team.
1: A very legitimate concern. Thought he played really well, um, competed really well. Uh, We like him a lot. Uh, Wanted to get him back, obviously. Um, One of the things that running back is that there's usually a lot of them out there, you know, and and so sometimes you got to look through, when you look through the cut sheets, there aren't that many guards, tackles out there, you know, but the wideouts and running backs are about this long, you know, so you got to sift through a lot. But, sure, he put good tape out there. We were worried about it.
3: There you go right there. I thought that was an important one as well. Trey Regas is a guy we talked about quite a bit on Tuesday's show. uh, That We thought that he made the 53-man roster. Clearly the Raiders uh, loved what he did, liked what he did, wanted to get him back on the team, but wanted to get him on the practice squad uh, and and just have him there. And I'm sure that they end up protecting him. But – They were concerned because he did put some really good tape out there. I think he opened up a lot of eyes. I think B.J. Emmons did as well. I think what hurt B.J. Emmons was uh, just his lack of uh, uh, being able to to – to pick up the blitz, you know, to block. That was what hurt him the most. And so, uh, yeah, getting Trey Regus back was was good for the Raiders. I think it's good for Trey. Uh, you know, he's he's very comfortable with the team, obviously, and I think the team is very comfortable with him. Now, before we get to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, who will join us at 3.30, do want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and talk to our guy Brian Henderson. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Hey,
4: what's going on, Q?
3: Chilling, man, chilling.
4: Man, um... Chilling. Man, um both lines, to me, are a factor in regards to the Ravens' game. I look at yards per carry for our running backs. You know, when, um, man, I think our um, running back was averaging less than four yards per carry. I mean, that that hurts. You know, if we can get, and that's all offensive line, and with the change, that plays a huge factor in regards to the defense front four. Um, it's very crucial that we get pressure on him. Um, that's very crucial. Also, um, no excuses. I'm a huge Henry Rugs fan. I, we there's no excuses for him. He has to ball out. I want to see him in the slot. I know Hunter Renfro is there. Rux is better in the slot in moving in motion. Um, if he's supposed to be like Antonio Brown, you know Antonio Brown or um, the guy from KC. They move all over the place. Mm-hmm. Gruden, you've got to take accountability for that. So I just, if you look at our, our scores from last year, it was over 50 points combined from both teams. That's too much. Right. So we, we have to get under, way under that. So that's going to show. First game of the season, like uh, T.R. Rader was saying, uh, two tight ends, I see that all season long. Play action is going to be very crucial for us. So uh, that's that's
3: what I got. Good stuff, good stuff, Brian. We appreciate you calling, calling out of Henderson. Uh, it's always good to hear from you. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, man, you, I mean. <laughs> You bring up some uh, some really good points. Uh, the, I mean, there's no doubt about it. When I say points and you bring up some good points, there was way too many points. <laughs> like you said, way too many points uh, last season. Uh, the Raiders got to be able to cut that back. But, uh, you know, the lines have got to be important. Uh, that's why the offensive line was revamped, you know, because the Raiders' running backs weren't averaging the yards that they should have been averaging. Getting down by the goal line, they weren't able to get the push that they were supposed to uh, get. Uh, they weren't able to just run to the uh, to the right tackle and feel very confident, you know, because there was always a – a turnstile at that right tackle position. Trent Brown wasn't there at all last year, you know, for the most part. I mean, there were so many things that went into the factors why the Raiders made so many changes uh, throughout the, the on their lines this um, this offseason, you know, offensive line and defensive line. They've got to be better. And that's just, I mean, that's not that's not even criticizing the team. That's just keeping it real. That's just, hey, the, the offensive line and D line, uh, what do they say? You win in the trenches? That's exactly what you do. You win in the trenches. And if your O-line is better than their their D-line, you're going to win a lot of games. And if your D-line can get to the quarterback and make life hell for them, you're going to win a lot of games. That's what the Raiders are trying to do. They're trying to build this team. It's something I said uh, for some years now. They're trying to build this team from the inside out. They're trying to build this team where it's just like a really well-built house, where the foundation is there, and then you build on top of that, build on top of that, build on top of that. There's a picture floating around The internet and Twitter, there's an article put out, another RJ put an article out, we'll talk to Cassie Soto about that coming up next, of the house that that the owner, Mark Davis, is, is building. It's like a $14 million house. You know how you have a big old house like that? You have a great foundation, then you build on top of that. So if you're trying to build that $14 million house, and it's so funny when I saw it, we were all in the media room earlier, I saw a picture of it, and we started talking about it, and they started talking about the big old pool that was there, and I said, hey man, one of the things I said on the radio the other day is I wanted to have a house that Scarface was proud of. I'll tell you right now, Demond, that house that <laughs> MD is having built—that's something that Scarface would be proud of.
2: And now, can we call that an infinity pool? <laughs> that looked—it looked more than—it looked like it was more than an infinity pool, my man. I don't
3: know what kind of pool that was, but man, that that thing was something special. Even my son sent me a picture of it earlier today. He was like, "Dad, really?" I said, "Hey, man, when you're a boss—and I mean boss—you can." You can have nice things like that. I ain't ever going to be that kind of boss. But, hey, that's a hell of a pool, and it looks so much like the Raiders uh, the facility here. And I just thought it was awesome. So I'm sure that you've probably already had an opportunity to see it. I'm sure Raider Nation's had an opportunity to see it on a picture. I know Bleacher Report's putting out a bunch of different – pictures of it and everything. Mick Akers tweeted it out earlier. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's just that's just kind of what it is. You build that thing from the foundation, and you can do anything once the foundation is laid. Anything you want, you can make happen. 325 is the time. We're live here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in, in Henderson, the Raiders HQ. Coming up next, we'll be talking to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, always a good conversation with her each and every Wednesday. And got a lot of things to talk to Cassie about when we come back. We'll do that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: She was like, this is the coolest radio show. And th- those are the questions why it's the coolest radio show, man. Okay. Didn't she, Cassie, didn't you say that? Back me up on that. You said coolest radio show, right? Oh, yeah, totally.
0: Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness,
2: Unnecessary roughness.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So
2: I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today.
0: Here's your boy Q. Wow,
3: wow, wow. That's all I got to say, man. I hear that kind of intro, and I just feel like, you know, we've got to do something proper. We've got to do something right. We've got to give Cassie Soto her own intro. We've got to get her a custom intro because DeMond just keeps going to the well. He just keeps trying to bring it. It's like that's it's almost to the point DeMond, it's like baby mama type stuff. Like you're bringing up old stuff now. <laughs> I mean, that's almost baby mama type stuff. That's I'm, And I'm telling you, I got experience, brother. I know, I know that. It's called Baby Mama Drama for a reason. You're almost creeping into that territory.
2: Next week, new intro. Next week, new intro, Q. You got it. I'm just saying, man. Nobody wants to be that person. I'm just saying. (laughs) But
3: uh, as you heard there, (laughs) we are getting ready to talk to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She does a great job, of course. You can find her on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto, I want to make sure I get her Twitter account right. And Cassie, we appreciate your time as always. It's always great to catch up with you each and every Wednesday. Uh, today we were at the media session. GM Mike Mayock talked, so we got plenty to to talk about. But I, I gotta start. I gotta start at the top, Cassie. I really do. We had a hell of an experience today. I don't even know <laughs> if I've 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 gotten over it yet. I've told everyone multiple times. I was sitting in between Vinnie Bonsignor and I was sitting in between Hondo Carpenter on the front row. Uh, you and Heidi Fang were sitting right behind us, and somehow I don't even know how we did this. So I want to ask you straight up: How did we get into a conversation of Hondo and his hunting skills and all the different animals that he is uh, as a hunter has been able to? Uh, let's just say, slay the dragon.
5: It was like one of those things where you're you're like end up like a web page into a web page into a web page page, and you're just like, how the heck did I get here? And can I leave now? Like I shouldn't be here. And right. that's exactly what happened um, today. And I have images of Hondo Carpenter with, yes, his his uh, winnings, uh, I guess he would say. Um, and I can't get it out of my head now. I can't stop <laughs> thinking about it. Um, yeah, I am, I've never, I don't know about you, I've never killed an animal. So I think it's still, you know, it's one of those things like, if more people had to kill their own food, we'd all be vegetarians.
3: Got you, got you.
5: Like, I guess respect to him if he is uh if he's you know doing this for meat, but i think yeah he uh he hangs them in his house so that's like a whole nother level uh of stuff that i don't quite understand <laughs>
3: well i mean he he's, he's a gamer he's a gamer you know he i is. mean there's hunt, it's called hunting season for a reason he, he does a heck of a job with that but i mean in hondo's uh, travels he, he he took us from russia to um to
5: paraguay yes that goat that he showed me was from paraguay right he was just like in ohio or something i don't know that's you know what that's how we got started talking about it because i think one of the bears that he shot recently was coming in like he was getting it today or something
3: oh yeah there you go and i was like
5: wait wait what And he, and then everybody looked at me like, "Oh God, here we go," because I have never, (laughs) I've never, I've heard the stories that Hondo was a hunter, and I heard them firsthand today. So can confirm, he is a hunter.
3: There you go. There (laughs) you go. There should be a hunter, (laughs) right? There should be a western or something, kind of uh, you know, created after the adventures of Hondo uh, and and all his his gaming that he does. And hey, I mean, it it made for a heck of a story. It sure did, and. I yeah, did. I didn't. I didn't witness any pictures, by- but you did. So <laughs> it, there we it kept go. Just
5: entertained while we were waiting for Mike Mayock. Yeah, right.
3: Exactly. And 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 we're talking to Cassie Soto right now from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a great job there. And uh, speaking of Mike Mayock, he met with the media today. And Cassie, I've been talking throughout the course of the show how excited I was for Mike Mayock to talk because he's so informative. You, I feel like you mm-hmm. learn a lot when you talk to Mike. And so what was what was one of your biggest takeaways from the media session earlier today with uh, GM Mike Mayock?
5: Well, he gave us the whole backstory on Nate Hobbs. I think that was the question you asked, and I you're mean, welcome. jokingly, you're welcome. Yeah, jokingly, <laughs> I was like, "All right, let me get through this eighteen-minute-long answer here of Nate Hobbs that Q asked when I was going through my video." Um, yeah, no, that guy is, is super detailed. You know, obviously, with even given his um, his broadcasting background too, like he knows what to say and how to say it, and he's just very, you know, eloquent with his words and. And that's a guy like he said it. Like he's just a football guy. Like he leaves everything else beside, you know, behind him. He's just full focused on football. Focused on this team. Restructuring this team. Making it something that that the organization and the fan base, more importantly, can be proud of. Um, and yeah, he just he walked in with a lot of confidence. He had to leave for a second. Did we talk about that already? And right. did we do our investigative journalism on what we think that that phone call was about?
2: Well,
3: you know, um, <laughs> I, I've I've gotten plenty of feedback saying that that phone call, no doubt about it, was KJ Wright or that phone call was KJ Wright's agent. Uh, they're playing they're playing a tag as far as money goes. That's that's what I've been getting from Raider Nation. That's what they believe that phone call was about. Well, what was your thoughts though when he got that phone call and walked out? What were you thinking?
5: Someone, <laughs> well, my I don't know if my Twitter followers are a little bit different, but they they know my brand and they're like, oh, Cassie, it was just his pizza arriving. I was like, you know what? I would leave too to to go get the pizza. That's that's where I'm at mentally. Um,
0: <laughs> right, but no, right.
5: I don't know. I mean, it had to be something pretty important. But yeah, it was pretty funny. I think Heidi Fang, um, our colleague, mentioned it. Like, oh, you seem pretty happy now. Like you walked back in happy. And he's like, ah, it's a continuing saga. So yeah, it's definitely something that has seems like it's been in the works for a while. And I know KJ Wright has been has been mentioned um, for the past few weeks now. So yeah, I. I think, I mean, it's hard to assume if you want to go like super conspiracy theory. Are we talking like Khalil Mack? I know that's a sore subject for you, (laughs) but let's just throw it out there. Like, why not? Let's get the conspiracies going until we can find out something.
3: Right. Well, that's the thing about it. And I said at the beginning of the show, we can always, no matter what happens from now on, we could say that that was that phone call. You know what I mean? We could.
5: We totally could. (laughs) Unless he tells us. Unless he tells us, we're all going to be there. We're like, yep, that was it. That was it. We got the video. We got it out. That's, that's who it was.
3: Exactly. I've been in many media sessions. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I respect him for it, though, because he didn't stop the media session and say, okay, I'm done. He said, hey, I'll be right back. He came back. He joked about it and then you know, kind of got a little bit more, um, I don't know, if text messages or a little bit more feedback on his phone and then, and then uh, wrapped up the media session. So at least he came back and finished it. So it kind of it, it made it a fun story.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he gave us, like, another five minutes or so afterwards, and and yeah, like you say, I mean, these are probably pretty important phone calls at a very crucial time as the the season is, what, 12 days away for them? So, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, and again, it just goes back, like, every interaction I've ever had with him, like, he's been nothing but willing, you know, to to take the time to talk to us, and, and that was just, you know, another showing of that
3: right exactly and today Cassie the Raiders made it official I mean we kind of already knew that it was a done deal but Denzel Perryman is officially a Raider he was out there at practice today he was had that 52 on his back he was rocking that number uh how big of a factor do you think or how much do you think he brings to the Raiders defense especially as they prepare to play Baltimore on uh, on the 13th
5: yeah no for sure definitely another guy that that you just want to add to the roster and to build up that depth um and when you look at it, I mean, this defense could use every piece of help that it, that it could get in all angles and all aspects. And so when you look at Denzel Perryman and, and you look at the linebacking room more than anything, I know um, Nick Morrow and Javen White obviously made the 53-man, but could they be moved around? I, Mike Mayock said it himself today that in the next 48 hours, like the roster could look a whole lot different Different moving um, Morrow and Javen White possibly to the IR um, and I think, would it be three, is it three games, right, Q, when, right. when they move them? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to need that help. You're going to need that depth. <clears throat> and I think this is a guy that, that was very familiar with Gus Bradley. So that's got to be nice, too, that he doesn't have to relearn a whole bunch of stuff he can get with Gus and, you know, um, and just fit right in.
3: Talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. Now, with that being said, with Perryman coming in, with Javen White possibly hitting IR, with Morrow possibly hitting IR, do you think that the Raiders are done? Do you think that they still need to make another addition to that linebacking group, either K.J. Wright or someone else?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think at the very least you have to keep looking. You have to keep taking phone calls in the middle of press conferences, right? (laughs) right? You have to see what's out there. You have to see it. I think it's a continuing cycle of how this team can improve, especially on that defensive end, uh, the defensive side of the ball. And, yeah, I think, like, once you stop accepting phone calls, like, unless you're in the Super Bowl, like, you can never stop accepting phone calls, right? Like, and even then, like, you you have to keep looking. You have to keep thinking of ways or or, uh, approaching different players that can make this team better. And Mike Mayock said it also today that they see lists and lists of names, and he was specifically talking about like running backs and wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you have to go through all these guys, and, and when you see somebody or somebody pops up on your radar that you think could make an impact on this team, you have to look at it. You have to make those phone calls and see what kind of um, you know, money situations you have to do and have to adjust to get those players on this team.
3: No doubt about it. We're talking right now with Cassie Soto here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I forget exactly what question he asked. I think he was talking about the, um, the the excitement of just this year's Raiders team. And he went there, Cassie. He went to the point where he said him and John Gruden both believe that playoffs are the expectations, and that's their expectations as well. What were your thoughts when you heard him actually mention the P word in the media no, session?
5: I mean – It'd be silly if he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to be right at 500. Well, I get, you can't be right at 500, I guess, this season. Not but Yeah, anymore. we're, we're going to be right there. You know, like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? That's not what you want to be saying. I think, I think when you say something enough and you start to believe it, like, that's when you can grasp onto it and say, okay, this is where we're going to be. This is the standard we need to meet. And then if you exceed those expectations, like, shoot, like, you just blew everybody out of the water. And I think for John Gruden and Mike Mayock, the fact that they have restructured this team – so much and, right. and then over these last few years, like it's a reflection of them at this point mm-hmm. as coaches, you know, as analysts, like it is a complete reflection of them. So and, and selfishly, like they should want the best for themselves. And that team that they built has to go out there and prove that 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 what they're doing is right and they're taking the proper steps, they're going through the proper channels to get this team to the promised land. And yeah, as you said it, Mike Mayo you know, mentioning mentioning that word, and we'll see what happens here. And again, twelve days. It is so crazy to think right. that we are less than two weeks away.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, I brought that up because he mentioned. You know, I know you guys are going to put that in your headlines. I know you guys are going to yeah. talk about it. And that's and I I could appreciate that. That hey, he knows what we're going to do. He knows yeah. I'm going to come on the radio and talk about it. You're going to write it. You're going to put in a video. Heidi is. You know, everyone's going to talk about him mentioning in the playoffs. But. I can say to start to show all that matters is what the, the house believes. This house yeah. believes that they're a playoff team outside the national media. They they don't at all. I think what there's six and a half is what the over under on them winning six and a half yeah. uh, games. Yeah. Is. I yeah. mean, that's ridiculous. You know, if they, if they end up a six win team, something's terribly gone wrong and the house needs to, to basically be burnt. You know what I mean? Horribly it needs to, yes, yeah, something wrong. went horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
5: like, like put a- on that Mark Davis mansion right now, like we gotta, they got to build another house, like right. Man, they got to focus on a different house right now, if that's what's
3: going on. <laughs> exactly right, exactly. So I could appreciate that they came out and or he came out and said, "Yes, mm-hmm. we are a playoff team. We expect to be a playoff team because they they need to embrace that. And once they believe that, and and the players in the and, and believe it, and everyone in this in this building believes it, that's what's really important. So uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was a cool comment from him and and Cassie. I just got a couple more questions from you i know something that you had asked gerald mccoy when he first signed with the team and met with the media was about his number he was rocking (laughs) 61 he's officially now number 93 is all well now with gerald mccoy
5: he snatched it up he said you can't just come in here and snatch numbers now he can officially snatch it up yeah (laughs) exactly i definitely got a shot of him out there i was like all right where's 61 oh he's not going to be 61 he's 93 he's 93 93 boom found him and yeah i got a little video of him yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty cool for him. And, and I think he tweeted out the other day, like, how crazy it is that, you know, it was it 12 years, I believe? Yeah, I wanna, 12 years. Yeah, yep. 12 years in the league. And, you know, to have that mentality, like, it's not mine. Like, I basically have to earn it. Like, once you're established in this league, like, some people can let that go to their head. But for him, mm-hmm. you know, to take the time to, to earn his spot on this team, more importantly, and to prove that he was worth that number. I think definitely shows something about his character. Um, And yeah, how he said, like, in that initial press conference, he's like, to be a true leader, like, you can't just go in and claim something as your own. Like, you've got to let it come available, got to let it sort of work itself out in the situation. And and props to him, you know, for, um, for making a name for himself on this team. And again, it'll be exciting to see what he can do here and to bring some leadership. And I think Derek Carr had mentioned a couple weeks ago that he saw McCoy or he heard McCoy talking and looked and there's like half, you know, half the defense is there just like glued in on Gerald McCoy, just listening to him and taking advice from him. And, you know, I think when you, when you decide to stop learning is again, when you become complacent. So the fact that this guy is still willing to learn and willing to teach, like, I hope like he, as a person, like I wish him like the best this season because he seems like a genuine guy that just wants the best for himself and especially for the people around him.
3: Yeah, no no doubt about it. I think he's going to really help the team get better on and off the field. I just think, like you said, that leadership skills that he has is something that this team is really going to embrace and enjoy. And he really showed a lot by even playing in that preseason game number three up in Santa Clara against San Francisco. Probably a game that, like you said, if he was just comfortable probably didn't have to get out there, probably said, hey, I've earned to have this game off, but instead wanted to get out there and, and, and get the, and knock the rust off and actually get some snaps under his belt. So uh, yeah, that exactly. meant a lot as, as, as well as far as I'm concerned. And, and, Cassie, I have to ask you about your alma mater, UNLV, the Raiders uh, signed to their practice squad, cornerback Robert Jackson. Uh, he, he's on the practice squad right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on him uh, signing on with the silver and black, at least on the practice squad?
5: Can I be so honest with you? Why didn't uh, I see this? I don't is know. How, Why how did you not it, see oh that?
3: God. Oh, Hold man.
5: God. How did I not see this? You're breaking news for me here. I'm oh, man. This honest. news is broken. I'm going to bro- talk about something I don't know.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. This news was oh. broken like hours ago.
5: Oh no! I, I knew. It. I was too busy. I was too busy getting that video out of Mike Mayock answering a phone call. This is my
3: <laughs> You were Man, too busy. You best. were too busy asking Hondo about his hunting skills, and you, you know weren't.
5: What? Let's go there. You're yeah, right. I was. Yep. I got sidetracked today. I'm sorry. I like It's
3: a. On. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Let me ask you this then. UNLV gets their season started tomorrow. Allegiant Stadium. Eastern Washington's coming to town. What are your thoughts on this game?
5: Okay, if, we, if we're talking about six and a half games, UNLV is at one and a half games over <laughs> under Q. Like, my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> Good Eastern question. Washington, FCS, like, I, I, I don't want to say it hasn't happened before because I don't know if, if you've done your research, Q, and you heard of a UNL Howard. Howard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, you, stranger things have happened. And I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to go. I'm going to. I don't. I don't remember the last time I watched a UNLV game as a fan. So I'm going to be a fan tomorrow. I'm going to. You know, I'm going to let loose and just enjoy it for what it is. Um, to see a football game inside Allegiant Stadium, I've seen a football game inside right. Allegiant, but now a football game. We'll enjoy it a little bit. But yeah, you know, Marcus Arroyo, second year, and you know the whole quarterback situation that they had going on or have going on. Did he announce? Did I miss that has he announced he's going to be the starting quarterback yet? I know he was real real hush hush on that
3: it was a days. it's an or right now on the depth chart or
5: or 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 yeah, there's quite a few ors there so, <laughs> so we'll see what <laughs> see what happens there I mean that's where you got to start right name who let's see who the who's starting for them and and we'll take it from there. but yeah, no. I think they'll get over one and a half. I'll say that right now. You're UNLV is okay. going over one and a half this year.
3: There you go. I'm
5: confident
3: in that. Hey man, you got to start somewhere. You got to start at the bottom to get to the top, right? I guess exactly. that's exactly. I guess that's how we're talking about it. Well, that'll work. Well, Cassie, it's always great to catch up with you. Uh, enjoy the conversation all the time. Uh, what do you got coming out? Uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. What you guys doing on uh, Vegas uh, Nation? What you guys got coming up? Yep.
5: VegasNation.com, so so the bosses are letting me play catch-up this week, so no Vegas Nation Blitz this week, but we will be back in action next week on Wednesday. So Wednesday at 4 p.m. now, we have a new time. So every Wednesday, 4 p.m., check us out at VegasNation.com. It's called Vegas Nation Blitz, so like a 10-minute show of everything you need to know heading into that week's game.
3: So what that means is that we're just basically going to get you warmed up. You're going gonna to get everything, get the juices flowing, then you're going to be ready to rock and roll.
5: Exactly, exactly. And if there's more UNLV news, maybe I'll pop that in there, too. Who
3: knows? <laughs> there you go. Gotta Cassie. Be on my
5: toes here, man.
3: <laughs> hey, that's what I do. That's what I do. I'm trying to learn everybody, man. We're trying to get there together. That's how we get down. But uh, definitely appreciate your time. It's always, like I said, it's always great. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you soon.
5: Thank you, guys. Appreciate
3: it. No doubt. There she goes, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can find her on Twitter at underscore cassie soto next time i'm gonna ask her about that underscore i never understood why people use underscores i mean they're there but i never understood i I think it was too confusing for me i used to get people's twitter name wrong all the time like i got hers wrong because i forgot the underscore but hey it is what it is twitter twitter uh concerns that's that's what what'd you say what'd you say old man oh
2: that's fine why don't you say why don't you say it with your chest man don't try to sneak something in there just say it with your chest I'm sorry, man. It's just old man. You know, that's why you can't get it. That's why you couldn't get it. That's fine. That's my bad. He was I'll, like,
0: hey. he was like, oh, oh, man.
2: Yeah, exactly. Look,
3: I'm 44, damn it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll own every ounce of 44. I'm okay with that. You'll be, hey, man, just get to 44. Like my mom always used to tell me, just keep on living, boy. Keep on living. You'll get there. You'll appreciate 44 at some point. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I appreciate it.
2: All right, let's go to break.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Overruled. 3.50 is the time. Come back. We'll close out the show. I heard Vinny Bonsignor in studio. We'll catch up with him. This is
0: Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm
2: going to have to kick you, you know what, today.
0: Here's your boy, Q. I know we only got a couple minutes
3: left in today's show. That's how it shakes out. We do appreciate Ted Nguyen from The Athletic joining us in the first hour of the show. Cassie Soto just joined us in in the last segment. Always appreciate her efforts as well. And, of course, Raider Nation, we always want to salute to you for uh, your contribution to the show each and every day. Without you, there would be no show. I like to talk. I enjoy talking Raider football. I enjoy talking about just about anything, but uh, I always like to hear from you. I love your text messages and your phone calls. This is what Raider Nation Radio 920 is all about. No matter where you're calling in from, where you're listening at, uh, you can be listening on the Raiders app. Uh, Click on the radio symbol. You can always hit lvsportsnetwork.com as well, or even tune in radio and just punch in Raider Nation Radio 920 and it will come up. So there's multiple ways to listen all over the world. We appreciate you from wherever you're checking in and wherever you're chiming in uh here on the radio station on the daily you are what we do this for please believe that and right now my tag team partner Vinny Bonsignor from in the huddle he's going to come up four to six p.m here and uh he's in studio right now standing by beating the mess out of demand for time to call me an old man but Vinny, (laughs) what's on your mind today my man what's going on
0: well first of all uh the listeners need to also know that you like to talk about hunting apparently um with hey uh, look i don't i don't i don't go there i'm not a hunter man i'm not a hunter i'm not a fisherman and i'm not a swimmer not, not, well, I'm a swimmer, but nah, the other <laughs> two, uh, I'm, I'm with you. And uh, you know, uh, we were giving it to Hondo, no question uh, about it. But you got to understand, Hondo's been hit and miss at training camp. Um, so, you know, we're we're a lively bunch in that Raiders media uh, room, yep. and we spend a lot of time together. And there's a lot of you know what talking. You know how it is, of course. Um, so Hondo, you know, he's just kind of now showing around. So he's going to get his share. It's there's a lot of making up to do uh, with Hondo. I'm just throwing it out there. So Hondo, uh, don't let it get to you or anything like that. There's just a lot of making up to do right now.
3: You think Hondo let it get to him? Not at all. (laughs) No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. But just fair warning, you know, that's how it goes. And uh, that's what makes it fun. We do spend a lot of time together uh, at practice, standing around, watching, talking in the media room. You know how it is. Uh, And we we do like to have a lot of fun as well
3: absolutely and so it's, it's always good to catch up with uh with hondo and, and give him the business and that's exactly what we did and uh cassie really is the one that started it all off talking with all oh, the honey the going on yeah she instigated it all uh she tried to get all sweet and innocent later like what did i do
0: i don't understand but <laughs> she it left all, the, yeah she threw the grenade and then just kind of walt- yeah, walt- waltzed out of the picture she
3: ran into the uh
0: barbershop opened up the front door and said lebron
3: james than michael jordan i'm out there you go <laughs> and then she was gone. But with that being said, Mike Mayock talked to the media and I know you got plenty to talk about it in the next couple hours in the huddle, but
0: uh, just off top, man, what were your initial thoughts from what you heard? Well, no question, he brought up the playoffs in a very, you know, I wouldn't say bold kind of a way, but in a very confident way and, you know, I, I think some people on Twitter don't all teams feel like they should be making the playoffs? No, absolutely not. Right. Internally that's not always there's there's self-awareness in professional sports of where teams are uh, in the whole scheme of things and I think a couple of years ago, even last year, I don't think you would have gotten a whole bunch of people within the Raiders legitimately talking about playoffs, you know, uh, as the expectation. I don't think they believe they were quite there yet. So when teams start outwardly talking about it along those uh, terms in that perspective, then it, it, it marks kind of a change. And if you're a Raider fan, you got to be happy about that. If the building believes it, then there's something to be said uh, about that, uh, Q, one time I was interviewing an NBA coach one time, all right? Mike Dunleavy, I'll just throw it out there. Nice. Who, who, What was just a few years ago, obviously, but, you know, what was your best coaching job? This guy went to the finals, you know, this guy has been at the top. And he talked about a, I think it was the Milwaukee Bucks, and they won like 30-something games. And he's like, honestly, it was I probably got the most out of that team than any team I've ever coached. Like, that was beyond the ceiling, those 33 wins. So it, it just goes to show that, no, not everyone thinks legitimately that they're playing for the championship. There's, You think they really think that in Jacksonville? No, they don't right. think. They're trying to get on the path to make the playoffs and some other teams are in those uh you know that that same that, that that same category. That doesn't mean you're not playing to go to the playoffs, that you're not trying to win every single game, but you have to be honest about things. And I think that Mike Gruden being honest about where he thinks these Raiders are as far as the playoffs is pretty refreshing.
3: Yeah, no it was. I thought it was good and and I said the exact same thing you said. I said as long as the building believes, because the national media does not believe that the Raiders are a playoff team, but as long as the meet, the building does, and I mean everybody in the building, as long as that's what they're believing and that's what their goal is, that's what matters, and that's what Raider Nation should be happy about.
0: And that's how they're carrying themselves right now exactly. from top to bottom, and they have been really yep. uh, since the spring. And it's something just to kind of keep an eye on. It might not happen. We all know that NFL seasons, all sports seasons unfold the way they're going to unfold, but that's the expectation in the building. And sometimes when you set that expectation internally you find a way to make it happen
3: exactly right exactly right more of this more of this great insight is coming up from Vinny are in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 I got to thank everyone here at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for allowing me to do what I do here in the studio appreciate you talk to y'all tomorrow this is Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920